thank you. Uh, one of the ways you show your goodness to us is through uh, the scripture. And uh, now we ask you to speak to us through it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I want to start a, a, a new brief uh, teaching series based on the Old Testament book of Jonah. Uh, if you're not familiar, you can read the entire book of Jonah in under six minutes. And, and my encouragement is you do that m- repeatedly. Uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Just read it and read it and read it and read it. Let the Lord speak to you through it. And for those of you uh, who are with us, either here or, or joining us over our YouTube channel, if you're not familiar with the book of Jonah, let me just quickly give you a brief summary uh, as we get ready to take a look at it this morning. Uh, the book of Jonah tells really what is a harrowing story uh, of a rebellious prophet named Jonah whom God sent to preach to the very wicked city of Nineveh. But rather than do what God commissioned him to do, Jonah hopped on a ship going the other way. God in his mercy chased him down. And so when Jonah got kind of tossed out of that ship unceremoniously into the sea, God caused a great fish to go and swallow him up. And sitting there in the rank and foul belly of the fish, Jonah decided to repent. He cried out to the Lord for mercy. God caused the fish to vomit him up on dry ground, and he pretty much made a beeline for Nineveh to go and, and preach to them like God had told him to. Shockingly, the people of Nineveh repented, uh, and God had mercy on them, at which point Jonah became angry with God. He went outside the city and sat down pouting and wishing he were dead. And that's the, 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 the Reader's Digest version of the book. If you want more details than that, uh, this morning at least, you'll need to read it for yourself. But with that background in mind, we're going to start to take a look at this this morning. As you're able, would you stand with me please in honor of the Word of God? And we're going to uh, get moving this morning by reading together Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. If you're with me here in the church building, I'll read the plain text. If you're joining me in reading the highlighted portions, if you're worshiping with us from home, over our YouTube channel, just read the text as it pops up on the screen. But this is Jonah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. This is what the Bible says. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord, and you may be seated. Now if you happen to miss Pastor Matt sharing last week on pursuing God just for God, I strongly encourage you to check it out on our website. It's definitely worth checking out. It's a a clear, straightforward, forward, simple reminder that in all the chaos and all the turmoil and all the confusion of this world, what God wants from you is really pretty simple. God wants you to love Him. He wants you to know Him and press into Him and talk with Him and honor Him. And then out of that love relationship with God, He wants you to love the people around you. And that's really the gist of what God wants. He wants you to love Him. He wants you to love people. 
But it all starts with loving God. I recently spent some time hanging out with God in the Old Testament, looking at him and listening to him in the words of the minor prophets and some of the Old Testament history. But oddly enough, it was as I was reading again and studying and actually contemplating teaching out of the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament that God moved me to begin to speak to you out of the book of Jonah. The Lord prompted me to talk out of Jonah based on my reading of Mark chapter 1 and specifically the calling of Jesus' first disciples. So before we jump into the Jonah passage this morning, I do want to read you those few verses from Mark chapter 1 that, that the Lord used to send me back to Jonah. It was very early in the earthly ministry of Jesus. He'd begun to travel around Galilee telling people the kingdom of God was near, telling people they needed to repent and believe the good news. And then beginning of verse 16, the Bible says this, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now I've been thinking a lot lately about Jesus, about who he really is, about what he's really like, about what he really came to do. It's one of the reasons I decided I wanted to, to just read again through the Gospel of Mark. I want to be able to just stare at Jesus in the words of Mark's brief biography of him. As I began that, I was struck in chapter 1 by this calling of Jesus' very first disciples as, as someone who, who is a self-professed uh, follower of Jesus, disciple of Jesus. I was struck by this call in the first disciples. And I believe with all my heart that the calling on these first disciples reveals the basic call on all of us. Discipleship is first and foremost always about the Lord. And so he always begins by calling you to himself, to know him and love him and serve him. And he does that in this passage with the word come. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, you who are weary. Come to me, you who are thirsty. Come to me, you who are afraid. Come to me. Be with me. This is the beginning of discipleship. But in addition to calling you to come, Jesus calls his disciples to change. He calls us to become like him, going where he goes and doing what he does. And he does that in this passage with the word, follow me. Come and follow me. Be with me where I am. Do with me what I am doing, Jesus says. Come and follow me. Come become like me. But. While discipleship is always first and foremost about the Lord, and it always begins with coming to Him, eventually the Lord always moves it from just being about Him to include the people all around you. Come follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, Jesus says, come to me, follow me, and I will send you out to them. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. That is the call of God. It's always been the call of God. 
to be with him and to follow him and to become like him and to draw others to him to go out and fish for men. That's the mission of every true child of God. And that brings us to the book of Jonah. In the book of Jonah, we're not given very much information about Jonah's background. The account just kind of begins with him there and with God speaking to him. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. This introduction is incredibly common in Old Testament prophetic prophetic writings, and, and basically it serves to indicate, among other things, that Jonah was someone who knew the Lord. He was someone to whom God spoke directly, and he was someone who had learned to recognize and discern the voice of God. In other words, like everybody else today who claims to be a follower of Jesus, Jonah had already responded to the Lord's gracious call to come. But as you learn as you walk through the book of Jonah, it was the follow me and the fishers of men part of that call that really broke down in Jonah's life. The text goes on to say, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. If you don't know, Nineveh at the time of Jonah was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And the Assyrian Empire at the time of Jonah was the largest empire in the history of the world up until that point. Built largely on the incredible, vicious brutality of the enormous Assyrian military. The Assyrians were among the most ruthless, the most cruel, the most hated and feared of all peoples in the ancient world. When they would come into an area, they would come with a campaign of terror. It was not at all uncommon for them to impale folks on spears and stick them there hanging alive for people to watch. They were known to actually skin alive people they defeated. And those they didn't torture or kill, they always invariably relocated somewhere throughout the empire so they would never again be able to connect with anybody they knew who even spoke their own language. Nineveh was a wicked city. It was, in fact, the capital city of a wicked people. And the fact that God sent someone to preach to them tells you something about the character and the nature of God. I'm calling this particular series, Get Up, Jonah, because of a curious pattern in the Hebrew. At least it's curious to me. Because in the Hebrew text in the book of Jonah, there's a frequent use of the Hebrew word kum in relation to Jonah. The English Standard Version translates it as arise. 21st century America, I think, get up, pretty much captures the essence of the word. And apparently there was something in Jonah's nature, perhaps more accurately in Jonah's character, that led the Lord and other people to frequently begin addressing him with the command, get up, coom, arise. In fact, all Three times in the book of Jonah, all three times he is initially addressed in this book, the person addressing him begins by saying to him, Coom, arise, get up. 
Jonah 1-2, the Lord goes to Jonah, and the Hebrew says, Kum let el Nineveh. Get up! Go to Nineveh. Arise, go to Nineveh. A little later in verse 6, when the captain of the ship comes to Jonah in the midst of a terrible, terrible storm at sea, the, car- the, the, the captain goes to Jonah and addresses his kum kara. Get up and pray. Arise. Call on your God. And finally, after God rescues him from the belly of the fish, God speaks to him a second time, and he comes to him and he says once again, Kum let el Nineveh. Get up and go to Nineveh. Arise. Go to Nineveh. Get up and call the people to God. Get up and call on your God. Get up and go to Nineveh and be to them a fisher of men. I'm going to tell you, I am in this book right now because I believe with all my heart that the book of Jonah carries with it a prophetic message for the American church in 2020. For you and me right now. And I believe God is saying as loudly as as he can, get up! Kum, arise! Get up! Get up! Get up and call the people to God. Get up and call on your God. What he said to Jonah, I believe he is saying to you and me. I don't know if you've ever noticed or not, but God is incredibly consistent. Through the prophet Malachi, he says in the Bible, I am the Lord, I do not change. The writer of the New Testament book of Hebrews says of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. God does not change, and the plan of God has not changed. From before the creation of the world, God has always wanted for himself a people. A people who would know him and love him and serve him and who would go out and tell others about him. Who would go out and call others to him. A people who would love God and love people. And who would love people largely by telling them about God. You see that clearly with the New Testament disciples, but you also see it clearly here with Jonah. In fact, I believe one of the fundamental reasons God put the book of Jonah in the Old Testament was to remind his people, Israel, of their responsibility to the rest of the world, of their responsibility to the nations, their responsibility to call others to God, their responsibility to go fishing for men, to pursue those outside the family of God in the hopes that they might join the family. And that responsibility has never changed. And today, that responsibility is yours and mine. So in Jonah 1-2, God tells Jonah, get up and go preach in Nineveh. And in verse verse 3, the Bible says, but Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, from where Jonah was there in the land of Israel to Nineveh uh, was, was really a good ways off to the north and to the east, a journey entirely over land. Tarshish, on the other hand, was a good ways off to the west, a voyage across the Mediterranean Sea. Virtually exactly the opposite of where God had called him 
to go. Let me share one more quick note from the text, and then I'll just try and wrap up this introduction for you this morning. God tells Jonah to get up and go to Nineveh. And so he gets up and flees toward Tarshish, the exact opposite of what God told him to do. But I want you to notice in the language of the text in verse 3, twice in verse 3, twice in one verse, it says that Jonah was trying to flee from the presence of the Lord. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Now i got to tell you, as a prophet of God, as someone who knew God, I suspect Jonah understood you cannot really ever get away from the presence of God. So the closest thing he could do, listen to me, the closest thing he could do was get away from the work God had called him to do. In other words, in running away from God's mission for him, Jonah also ran away from the presence of God. Now I want you to hear that, and I want you to think about that. Because I believe there's revelation in it for you. Ditching the mission of God is akin to ditching God himself. To run away from the work God's called you to do is essentially to run away from God as well. Let me try to put it another way. When it comes to the gracious invitation of Jesus, you dishonor the come and follow me part when you disregard the fishers of men part. When Jonah ran from the Lord's commission, he was in some very real way running from the Lord's presence. And I cannot help but stop and wonder if one of the big reasons Christians so often say, I just don't feel the presence of God. I don't feel like God is with me. I don't feel like God is near me. I can't hear God. He seems so distant. I seem so disconnected from me. I can't help wonder if one of the big reasons for that is because they're not doing the work of God. Because they're not sharing the good news of Jesus. Because they're not living like fishers of men are. Maybe, just maybe, if this whole God thing isn't, doesn't seem to be working for you, maybe at least in part, it's because you're not working for him. Jonah has been dead some 2,800 years. So you've probably figured out by now this message isn't for him. But it's not even primarily about him. Because I believe in all my heart that this morning, August the 9th, 2020, God is infinitely more interested in you than he is in Jonah. And he wants you to recognize this morning, just like Jonah, and just like Andrew, and just like Peter, and James, and John, he has called you and commissioned you to be a fisher 
of him. You have been commissioned by Jesus to get up and go make disciples. According to Acts 1.8, you have been anointed by the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus. You have a call to get up and go, and your Nineveh is right out there. Jonah ran from that calling. This morning, I believe God is calling you and me to get up and run to it. It's time when we see the chaos and the turmoil in the world to quit lamenting it and reset to the purposes and the call of God. And the call was never to fret about the chaos. But part of the call has always been to come to him, become like him, and go out there and share him. Amen. Father, as always, we thank you for the power and the clarity of your word by which you show us who you are and by which you show us who we are and what how you've called us and created us to be. Father, may we not be like Jonah, but having come to you and, and learned to recognize your voice, may we run to share you with others. May we get up and go to the people. May we get up and call on the Lord our God. May we do those things you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen.